Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Welcome again, Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski and Mike Kapler. It's the Breeze Man and Cap uh, getting together for our weekly discussion about the grace of God, the gospel, the good news. You know, the fact that God has loved us so much. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And that doesn't just apply to getting saved, does it, Cap? It applies to the entirety of our life in Christ. I mean, from now uh, and throughout all eternity, life is about the grace of God. It's never something that God puts back on ourselves as if we need to try to maintain this thing, but it's always the gift of God, isn't it, Cap? It is, Joel, and that's what I like about our program is that no matter what our so-called topic is, the root and the foundation is that grace, which is why we call the program Growing in Grace. You know, a number of weeks ago we talked about giving and uh, receiving and, and um, you know, all of that kind of thing. And, Joel, I, I just think one way to test whether it's really related to the true gospel if you are receiving anything from God for any other reason than the fact that it's a gift, then, then it may not be gospel-related. In other words, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to perform in any certain way for you to receive all the blessings that come from God. And I'm not going to sit here and list what all those blessings could be. It might be things in this life that could be emotional, it could be spiritual, it could be a lot of different things. But God has provided all of that as a gift. None of us can take any credit. I'm amazed at some of the testimonies I hear in church. Uh, they may be performance-based. They may be in, in a number of churches I've been in over the years. Somebody was, was bragging about how uh, when they gave more, God gave back to them more. And uh, unfortunately, I, I don't want to get into something we can't get into right now, Joel, but we talked about some of that in, in programs past. I'm just saying that it's not about you, it's not about me and how much we do, it's about him and how much he has already done and already given. I go back to one of those chapters in, in Steve McVeigh's books that catches uh, people's eyes where the chapter was called, God Has Stopped Giving. That'll raise up some religious eyebrows because it's already been taken care of. It's already been provided. Everything that God provides for us and has provided for us has been through the cross, and he did it all. I'm just saying that he has done it all, and that's what we're here to talk about. Well, if, if Cap, if he has done it all, though, and it's not up to us, why, <laughs> why did Jesus say in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect? Well, you know, we were going to get into that in one of these programs, I'm sure, Joel. I'm not sure this is the one. But to answer that real quickly as, as a teaser for a program uh, coming up in the near future, um, the reason he said that is, again, like we talked about last week, you know, a lot of times we just misunderstand the context in which uh, the Bible is talking to us. In. And Jesus said, you, sh you should be perfect. Yeah, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven. Uh, he, of course, was, was teaching the law right there. That's the short answer. He wasn't mm -hmm. teaching a new covenant Christianity. He was teaching the law. If you're going to try to get to God through trying to keep the law, the law demands perfection. 
The unfortunate thing about that is the law was powerless to provide it. And so that's the short answer on that, buddy. Yeah, and I, I was kind of tricking you there. I, well, there was there was kind of a reason I asked you that, because it, it sort of jumpstarts what we're uh, talking about today. And that's, we left off with Romans some of the stuff that Paul said in Romans 1, at the end of Romans 1 last week, you know, he was talking about all these things that are involved in the unrighteousness of all of mankind. Romans 1 says, they, their, those, themselves. It's talking about people, and if you follow that all the way through, everything that Paul says here applies to all of mankind. In some way or another, we fit in. Each human being that's ever been born fits into the category of all of the unrighteousness and ungodliness of man that Paul's talking about in Romans 1, and so he, he talks about those who are filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, you know, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so the reason I ask that question, Cap, is that, you know, Jesus knows these things are true about all of mankind. <laughs> so he couldn't possibly be expecting us to overcome these things by ourselves. This is what mankind is like apart from God far from perfection, having fallen short of the glory of God by a long stretch. It's it's like a person, you know, standing at the at the Grand Canyon and uh you know, some people in, in trying to jump across the Grand Canyon, some somebody might make it ten feet, somebody might make it two feet, uh, but no matter what Everyone has fallen way, way short of that mark, way short of perfection in and of themselves, in and of ourselves. And so, Paul, in Romans 2, as he starts off uh, uh, what we call Romans 2, he says, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. And he goes on about this, but the point is that that list in Romans 1, you know, when we uh, understand that Paul, as we talked about last week, Paul had started making a point that the gospel is about God's righteousness, not about our righteousness. And then Paul kind of pauses for a couple chapters and makes a case about why it can't be about the righteousness of man. And that's the reason, because we fall short of perfection. We fall short in all of these things, in various ways. Every person falls short in their own little ways, in big ways. And uh, so it can't be about that. And, and, and so we're not meant to be going around judging each other when we fall short of these things, because that only shows, these things only show that all of mankind has fallen short of the glory of God. But again... Paul's leading up to something that we'll get into um, some more uh, in this program and in some future programs. Yeah, um, so from Romans 1.18 to Romans 3.20, Paul is making a case that we have, what you said, Joel, we have fallen short. Nobody was even close to meeting the requirement to come back into fellowship with God. We fell short. So even though he started out Romans, and I think it's interesting, Romans being the first of, of Paul's writings, talking about what the gospel really is, a revelation, a revealing of God's righteousness, but still making the case, after mentioning God's righteousness now being revealed here in this new covenant, he goes back to reflect upon the old 
and what that meant for us. And basically, none of us were righteous under that covenant. We all fell short. And then, and then we get to Romans 3.21. Joel, probably two of the most powerful words in the entire book of Romans. Romans 3.21. But now. <laughs> but now. See, now he, he, he's, he's jumping off that old covenant bandwagon, so to speak. He, he's done reflecting and making the case that we fell short. And now we're back to the good news again. God's righteousness revealed. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. And, and he goes on from there. And so, Joel, we, we are now right with God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care even after you've become a Christian, all right? I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've fallen short. You are declared righteous. It doesn't have anything to do with how good we're living. Because even now, as a Christian, your performance is still going to fall short if that's what you're trusting in. Fortunately, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to trust in that. So you're a new creation. It reminds me, Joel, of, of 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You're not just a changed person. You've been recreated. That's why it's called being born again that Jesus referred to in John chapter 3, the new birth. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Paul, again, not talking about performance-based Christianity here. In other words, we've talked about this before, but old things have passed away. When I was a, a young Christian, Joel, I thought that meant that I don't swear anymore, I don't drink anymore, mm -hmm. I don't cuss, I don't <laughs> chew, I don't smoke, I, I, I don't tell dirty jokes. I, that's what I thought old things have passed away. I thought that's what that meant. Uh, and now all things have become new. I quit doing that. Now I go to church, I read my Bible, and I pray. Those are my new things. It's, it's talking about the old things from your old nature, the old things that were a part of your, your spirit uh, have passed away. They were, they were killed, passed away in the King James. They died. We often use that phrase for when people die. They passed away. Well, the old things of your old nature passed away because you were killed upon the cross with Jesus. We won't go into the scripture right now, but the Bible tells us in Romans that you were placed in, you and I were placed in the body of Christ while he was on the cross, and we were killed there. And so now all things have become new. You've taken on the very nature of God within you. And later on, we'll talk about the difference between this new nature and the flesh that we still have to deal with. But this is all such great news. You've been made the righteousness of God in him, according to Second Corinthians 5.21. Yep, and that was Paul's passion. That was what he really wanted to preach. And, and, I, and I really like the way that Paul wrote. Sometimes, again, it's, it's not understandable if you just pick a section here or a section there or a paragraph here or a paragraph there, a verse here or a verse there. But if you look at it as a whole, you see the larger points that Paul is making. And so I love his, his summary. And then he, he, and then he continues on, of course. But we've been talking a lot here about Romans 3.21 and, and, and what follows that. Let's just, I'll just read it here. Uh, now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. <laughs> it's apart from the law. It can't have anything to do, as you uh, just said, Cap. It can't have anything to do with us keeping the law. It can't have anything to do with our behavior, because then it's, our righteousness, it's not God's righteousness, but Paul says the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, you saw it. If you read the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, 
It's a righteousness that was talked about, but they didn't quite get it. But it's been revealed in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth as propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, his righteousness, not our righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Again, it's all about God and his righteousness Zero percent, nada, none, zilch about our behavior, our righteousness, our attempts to keep it or maintain it. It is his righteousness, and we need to keep that in mind. But you are righteous. You might just say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, you were saved by grace, but now under this new covenant with this new nature, uh, you are not identified anymore as a sinner. You are a saint. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which is from God by faith. Uh, That's uh, Philippians 3. Also, Titus chapter 3. When the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Good news. And we've got more to say on this. Uh, next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.